Broadcasting live from the Orlando, Orange County Convention Center for Hymns 17. It's This Just In. Now, here's your host, Justin Barnes. Welcome to the special edition of This Just In of Hymns Radio. I'm your host, Justin Barnes. We'll be broadcasting live from the HIMSS 17 annual conference inside the beautiful Orlando County Convention Center. Let me also introduce my radio and on-air producer, Ryan McPherson. Hello, Justin. How you doing, my friend? It's great to have you back on the air. That's right. We're year number two for This Just In at HIMSS uh, here in Orlando. That's right. It's great. Uh, we have a great partnership, and uh, you're one of the best producers in the industry, so I appreciate your time, my friend. You're too kind. Thank you, sir. <laughs> and many thanks to everyone who's joined us already here in person, and certainly to everyone listening via the Business Radio X and the Healthcare Now radio networks. We have the industry's most sought-after CEOs, CIOs, care providers, policy leaders, visionaries, and you can find them all here on our show. Um, but our goal is to really bring you the latest in healthcare innovation, strategy, policy, entrepreneurialism, and surely best practices, as well as strategies to successfully navigate the future of healthcare, your physician practice, your company, or even your family through all these changes occurring across healthcare today. There is more opportunity than ever before for all of us to thrive, but we must really understand how healthcare is evolving, how policy and reimbursement is shifting, and where best practices and innovation can support our efforts. Very excited about my next guest. Microsoft's been a longtime partner, just of mine uh, in general, but uh, Jennifer Byrne, CTO from Microsoft. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here. And I was actually just singing uh, Microsoft's praises because they've been a significant enabler of my, just my personal success, my company, Greenway Medical, back um, before we sold it. Uh, but we started partnering with Microsoft back in 2002. We would never have built a company like we did without the partnership of, of how you I mean, just, you enable small businesses to grow. Uh, and we were on the Microsoft stack up and down, and um, you allowed us to, uh, to serve this industry, um, and better yet, serve our families and serve ourselves. So it was a phenomenal uh, partnership, and I appreciate everything that you guys do. That's, so. that's wonderful to hear. Thank you, Justin. We've always relied on partners, and, and even now, more so with a, as a platform company, we mm-hmm. really don't go to market without partners, so that's a great story to hear. Thanks. No, you, I'm very grateful and blessed to, uh, to have been a, such a strong partner for Microsoft. So um, looking out from your perspective, um, what do you see as some of the healthcare trends uh, or health IT trends across the industry today? You know, the healthcare trends in general, I think, are probably the same as they always have been, right? So if you can, if you can engage your patients in a, in a more productive way, if you can empower your care teams to deliver better care, uh, if you can you know, deliver more operational and clinical readiness, that's a wonderful thing. These are all the big problems that have always existed. The difference now is the kind of technology that we can bring to bear to those problems. That is a fundamental sea change. When we talk about artificial intelligence, Mm -hmm. when we talk about bot frameworks, when we talk about big data and analytics, these are not incremental changes in technology, as I'm sure you know. They Mm -hmm. allow us to do something fundamentally different. And so it's really the innovation uh, and the critical mass of innovation, I would argue. So we don't have big gaps in portfolio. We really have enough uh, interlocking capability that we can solve some pretty complex problems. Oh, that's fantastic. So how are you, and so you kind of take this to the next level, how are you addressing or would you recommend a, um, a health system uh, or a continuum of health address some of those issues and those trends? 
you know, lots of lots of smaller pieces of advice, but really it boils down to engaging well. I think uh, the point about critical mass and technology, a, a lot of times I talk to customers who really aren't asking big questions. I think there's an underlying assumption that the big complex problems actually cannot be solved. I agree. And I just don't, I don't believe that's true anymore. But the only way you figure out whether or not your problem, your opportunity is addressable is to engage with partners, obviously all mm -hmm. the companies here and Microsoft, um, bring us those issues. The innovation that we build, the innovation that we our partners build, um, is it only comes sort of it, it only gets real in the context of an actual scenario. So you know we're hungry to hear the big problems. We're hungry to hear about the hard hard issues. Yeah, no, it comes back to the premise of think big. Yeah. You know, and, and that was something that we did when we were building the com our company. Last one was um, we thought very big, and, and we um, we were David against Goliath, but but we ended up doing very well because we did think big, and and, um, and we also put our customer first, and so I think that was a big strategy for us. So, what are some of the things that you guys? What are the two or three things that Microsoft is working on that you are real passionate about, or just see as game changers out there? Mm. Well, I think I said it. It's artificial intelligence yeah. and, and all that that means. I mean, we just can't we can't get away from that. Um, deep neural networks, the idea that you could use modeling uh, to sort of create a level of independence and agility and decision-making processes is, is absolutely uh, a game changer, I mm -hmm. think, not only for us, but everyone totally in the great. industry. Yeah. Bot frameworks, it, whether or not it's for patient triage or if it's for medical inquiries or it, it connects um, you know, what is otherwise a, a kind of dis disconnected care continuum. All of that is is incredible, and but it, it's all uh, it's underpinned by all of the advancements in artificial intelligence. Okay, no, I, I've heard a lot about it. Um, what are two to three best practices that you recommend, um, or you could share for people to successfully navigate the future of healthcare? What are some of the things you focus on? Yeah, you know, I, I, it's a it's almost a mindset, really, uh, and you know. Big companies who've been around for a long time, um, you know, tend to have a lot of existing investment, and um, and their growth is incremental. Uh, but you you see not just in healthcare in every industry that is now grappling with the potential that technology provides to them. You know, you can either be incremental in your growth, mm -hmm. or you can be exponential in your growth. And in little companies, you were a little yeah, company, sure. and, and you, you experienced some great success, and it was yep. probably because, in part, you didn't have a lot of the baggage. So you had the luxury yes. of doing something different. And we see that happening all the time, even in the healthcare industry and emerging economies around the world, where you see providers doing truly innovative things because they don't know that there is an option not to. Right? And so I would say, one, think exponentially, not incrementally. Uh, the other issue for us is that a lot of this technology is in cloud. Uh, and cloud has always represented a lot of risk or perceived risk for customers throughout mm -hmm. the industry, healthcare in particular, because there's such an emphasis on, on patient privacy and data privacy. Um, Engage your partners, engage your IT vendors, ask them hard questions about I security. Agree. Ask them hard yeah. questions about how they handle privacy. Ask them hard questions about their compliance. Most of them will give you good and thoughtful answers. Yep. Not just Microsoft, but but don't be afraid to lean in. Don't assume uh, that the risk in cloud is greater than what you have uh, in your current environment. Ask those hard questions, and I think you'll be surprised at the answers you get. I love it because I actually I, I totally agree with you, and I a little bit different perspective, but I um I push care providers to, to push their vendors, ask their, their vendors or the, and their suppliers the very hard questions. Align your 
partner goals or your um, vendor goals with your goals. So they're, they're successful when you're successful. And if you're not successful, I don't believe they should be successful. I think that, and we're seeing more of that, certainly with value-based care and how healthcare is evolving. Um, one of the companies that I, uh, that I help and I'm on the board of, we go at 100% at risk with our customer. So if, if when, when they're successful, we make money. If they're not successful, then we don't make money. And I actually, I, I mean, I, that can't be the, in all cases, but it's one of the philosophies, kind of what you said. I mean, you want to ask the hard questions. You want to push your vendors. Um, and I think that, uh, that is more, that need, that's needed now more than ever in healthcare just because we're evolving so quickly and we need to have more people aligned. We need more alignment out there. So I, I love the direction. So now on a personal level, what are you hoping to accomplish out of HIMSS the next couple of days? You know, I'm here to learn. Honestly, I, yeah. I, while I would, um, I absolutely value all of the all the people I get to meet. These opportunities, um, I'm very passionate about what we're doing at Microsoft. I'm so excited about the technology. So that's a it's a great it's a great conversation to have. It's humbling to be here, it right? Is. You know, I agree. Where everyone is innovating like crazy yes. right now. Yep. So uh, you know, technologies you saw six months ago, nine months ago, a year ago are fundamentally different. How that changes the underlying landscape for us. What that means for Microsoft. Microsoft as a platform provider, what do what do I need to provide in terms of underlying capabilities to power the innovation that's happening on this floor and, and throughout the convention center? So um, I would be remiss if I said I'm really here to do anything other than to just learn. Yep. No, we're uh, we're aligned there. I mean, I, that's why I tend. My number one goal is to is to learn, is to you know make sure that I'm evolving with the industry, and then also just part of um, part of the fabric as we evolve, just as, as an industry, and, and that we're, we're part of it. Um, and the collaboration here is, is unparalleled. I mean, I've been in a lot of different industries across the, even globally, um, and HIMSS is one of the very best. So you come here, you can learn, and I agree on the aspect of humbling. This is a very humbling career path. It's a very humbling industry. It's a very humbling sector, uh, just because of, of the innovation, of the advances being made, um, and also because of the hurdles that we have and the tasks, they're, they're large. And so I agree with pushing and, and asking the hard questions. Um, and it's very easy to stay humbled. Yeah, it <laughs> really market. it really is. And of course, how many industries are, do you get to spend time and you've spent time in a lot of industries mm -hmm. uh, where you so clearly see your potential for doing something greater than yourself, honestly? I mean, like, I'm sure every, that's very obvious to everyone who's here. Mm -hmm. But um, if I spend my time in manufacturing and I do or in government or mm -hmm. other industry sectors, wonderful outcomes there as well. But there's something so personal about healthcare. healthcare. You got so it. It just matters. Very true. Jennifer Byrne, Jennifer Byrne CTO. Microsoft, thank you so much for joining us on air today. Thank you for having me. You got it. Thank you. And I couldn't be more happy, Ryan, about my next guest. Um, All right. She's somewhat famous in the industry, certainly across the, uh, the Twitter sphere and, um, and what she does for uh, CMS. But Jessica Kahn, Director of Data and Systems uh, inside of Medicaid. Um, so welcome, Jessica, to the show. Thank you. Obviously, you're active in lots of different aspects um, in the industry, but specifically with Medicaid, and um, obviously, there's a lot. We touch on a lot of those aspects here at Hims. But what are your main goals for attending Hims this year? Yeah, uh, really twofold. Um, what I do at Medicaid has two faces to it. One that's federally facing, and we do a lot of IT development ourselves. Um, and so we work with a lot of the the vendors who are here who have federal portfolio. Yep. Um, but then we also support all of state Medicaid IT to the tune of about $5 billion a year, which includes health information technology, EHR adoption, analytics, data, claims processing, you name it. So I walk around here and I see a lot of familiar faces. But I also see a lot of unfamiliar faces. So mm -hmm. part of my goal is to try and That's encourage... Good 
new vendors and people who have cutting edge technology to be interested in working in state Medicaid IT. Yeah. It's lucrative, it's 72 million Americans who are covered and uh, it's largely federally funded in terms of the IT costs. So um, there's a big market there and I think we could diversify the market and get some, some new faces mm -hmm. um, to join the fund. Well, you bring up some good points because, uh, A, there are a lot of new faces here. I think we've grown from 35,000 last year to 42,000, I think we'll get to, so 7,000 more people. So you're Amazing. right. And I would certainly say it's, uh, it would be good to engage and, and, show, and show off your innovation to, to CMS and, and find ways to engage and improve population health for America and all Americans. So that's fantastic. So what trends in technology are occurring in Medicaid and how can IT vendors, speaking of that, engage and partner? couple of things. Obviously, data and data analytics is key. Um, if you are paying for that many people's health care, you want to understand what that experience of health care is. So being able to bring that data not just to the providers, um, so people can understand if you have a new patient, what their previous experience with healthcare has been, but also to Medicaid as a payer. As a huge payer, they have a uh, increasing demand for having data in a more real-time and user-centric way to deal with things like the opioid epidemic or yeah. program integrity or what is Zika, like whatever the case might be, uh, you really can't wait for a year cycle to be able to understand what's happening. So data and data analytics is one. I think also any tools that help people with chronic conditions better self-manage and help providers be more efficient and successful in caring for them. While Medicaid may not always pay for those tools directly, they're managed care plans that they contract right. with do, and ultimately it benefits the program. So certainly uh, individually patient-centered, beneficiary-centered um, technology is huge. And then the last one I would say is still um, program integrity. Um, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to uh, make it seem like that's the... Um, it's the bane of the Medicaid program. However, with limited dollars and given how important it is, everybody, of course, shares the goal of, of making sure that providers and individuals are appropriately paid. No, this is fantastic. This is a roadmap for entrepreneurs. It's, yeah, no, really. It, this is great. Really. For so, mobile work, I mean, that's the other thing we see a lot of states have um, online applications. Well, most people these days don't use a desktop. Right. Most people use, the, use a mobile device. Yeah. And just mobile enabling your online application so 2008, right? <laughs> yeah. So what we really want to see are, or are like, you know, Zappos.com easy. Right. You can tell I'm shoe oriented. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, like Zappos easy mobile devices for people to say, how can I get these benefits? Where can I find a provider? Who's open on weekends? Um, what are the tools to help me manage my condition? Uh, and those sorts of things designed for mobile, not just right. enabled for yeah, mobile, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a great point. Um, so from your perspective, you know, where have we seen interoperability enhancements um, across uh, the hospital and the physician practice for the Medicaid beneficiary? For the 72 you mentioned. Right, right, right. Hospitals have done a great job, and including children's hospitals, which don't usually come up in the Medicare space for obvious reasons. Um, children's hospitals have been leaders, I think, in EHR adoption, been working with LeapFrog and um, interoperability for a long time because they generally serve as a catchment area for multiple states. They kind of have a regional role, mm -hmm. so they have to be good at crossing boundaries. Federally qualified health centers and community health centers also have done remarkably well. Um, in my speech that I gave on, on Sunday, I noted that we have a number of, I call them six-peat providers who six years in a row have successfully demonstrated meaningful use and got an EHR incentive from Medicaid, and quite a number of them are from community health centers. That's and cool. I love that. Yeah, like, th this yeah. isn't the big, 
huge conglomerate docs who yeah. are you know bought by a big hospital. Not that I don't love them, I know, yeah. but if they're seeing Medicaid, I do love them. Sure. Yeah. Um, but for for a federally qualified health center, a community health center that offers generally not just clinical but also some social um, services as well, mm -hmm. that's even more exciting to see that they have really uh, bought into interoperability and are connecting to behavioral health, connecting to long-term care, connecting to rehab, whatever those uh, ancillary services might be. So I'll throw you a little bit of a curveball because yeah. behavioral health has been coming up. And, and I guess my gut is we're putting, we're going to put more investment. I think that we've all seen the reasons why we need to. Yeah. Yeah. Any perspective or any vision on that? That Because um, mine's just more of a gut feeling. But what do you... What right. Do you... So in leap year... Last year, February 29th on Leap Day, we actually announced here at HIMSS that we um, were releasing additional funding that states can use to expand health information exchange to other Medicaid providers who are not necessarily eligible for an EHR incentive. So the behavioral health clinics, okay. so the counselors, the therapists, the idea being, if I'm a Medicaid provider who is eligible for meaningful use and I want to be able to do transmit a care record, if you're on the other end in the behavioral health side and you can't receive it, then I'm, am I really meaningfully using? I, I kind of like don't have anybody to throw the ball to. So we thought it was really important and we called out behavioral health specifically in that guidance to say, now states can take our 90% federal match and bring in to health information exchange behavioral health providers. Now, they still have to have something to capture that mm -hmm. electronic data on the other side. So yep. I think the EHR market for behavioral health should still be robust. Um, and there should be those tools that en enable that um, data to be transferred. But at least we feel like Medicaid now has some money at the table to invest in that. That's excellent. So any children's hospitals specifically that um, you can want to call out? I'm close to a couple of them. I want to see if they're... Well, I, I do love the D.C. Children's Hospital, okay. um, not just because they're uh, local to us, but again, I think they've been super committed to EHR um, work and um, to real, really targeted quality goals, not just technology for technology's sake. Um, and then being a, a Louisiana native, I also um, love the Children's Hospital in New Orleans, mm -hmm. which serves the Mississippi Delta. Again, you know, got through Katrina, got through a number of challenging issues and still remained a technology-enabled center for um, the hard-hit Gulf Coast. Yeah, I had Dr. DeSalvo on earlier, so yes. she, she did represent well. We have that in well. common, yeah. and our love of shoes, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I will volunteer Children's Hospital of Atlanta, CHOA, yes. um, if they can assist in any way. Donna Highland's a really close friend of mine, and she would participate in any type of program. So one of my favorite HIMSS events was when HIMSS was in Atlanta, mm -hmm. and there was a fundraiser yes. for the Children's Hospital at the aquarium at night. Yes, And That's I beautiful. felt so, I don't normally get as a fed, I don't normally yeah. get to go to a lot of events, but yeah. I felt like I was supporting the Children's Hospital very, obviously they... Medicaid pays for um, usually the majority of the care that's received at the children's hospitals yeah. and the aquarium at night, right? Gorgeous. Well, the, yeah. you have the beluga whales, yeah. the white whales, yeah. and they're yeah. just beautiful. I'm sorry we've outgrown Atlanta because... I know. I live there, so it's, yeah, it's my backyard. I'm sorry as well. But let's <laughs> get out to Las Vegas and Orlando. So, right. yeah. Jessica Kahn from uh, CMS, thank you yes. so much for joining the Thanks show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate this. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you to everybody for joining us this afternoon, Tuesday afternoon. Um, it's been a great day so far. My next guest I'm very excited about, she um, walked up and asked if I was from Amherst, Massachusetts. And I said yes, and she said, we graduated high school together. And she's right, Lee Williams, but you're not, you were not Lee Williams. It was Lee Thomas then. Yes, Lee Thomas in, uh, in high school. Um, but administrator, uh, business systems, health and information technology, University of Virginia Health System. That's a long title. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. And you brought a special guest, John Showalter, uh, Chief Health Information Officer from Propel Health IT. Thank you. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you for having me. Excellent. 
So starting off a little bit here as a, as a uh, level set is I always like to see um, and understand, have the audience understand, what are your goals for attending HIMSS? Hims is really one of the most energizing conferences that I've ever mm-hmm. been to in my career. And each year, I, I would say my absolute top thing is to become inspired with all of the amazing work that folks are doing, see the progress in the technology partners. So spending time in this exhibition area with novel ideas and new ways of approaching things and connecting with colleagues and listening to what they're doing in their careers as they pass by. and what they're doing with their presentations. Um, And then John and I both gave several talks um, working on the um, MM, the adoption model for analytics with HIMSS in the cloud computing forum. We're talking about the use of the cloud, working in the Revenue Cycle Solutions Summit on patient financial experience, attending as many sessions as we can get to. Excellent. John? You know, I I think it's very much about networking, reconnecting, connecting with your vendors and seeing what else is new out there, uh, as well as getting you know, to the sessions, getting inspired with people actually getting boots on the ground results from the technology. Yep. No, I agree. So, I guess both of your perspectives, Lee, to start off with, what are some of the trends that you're seeing from, from um, the university side and, and so forth in the industry, not only in your community, but then also across the country? So, one of the things that I've found to be really springing forward this year that is important for the work that we do at the University of Virginia and across the nation is in analytics and moving from just having data aimed at specific questions and moving more into cognitive science and being able to use more data that we've spent years gathering and setting up IT infrastructure and now there are really neat ways to ask broader questions or not even know which questions you're asking, letting the data inform you about your care and the ability for that to transform how we deliver our healthcare. And even in our financial discussions in the Revenue Cycle Solutions Summit, talking about how that transition can help us with the patient financial experience. So also thinking about what's the best way to engage patients with the financial responsibilities of being involved in healthcare, in their healthcare, and then help making it a great experience for them that's akin to the type of clinical experience that organizations have been searching to provide. So lining that up as a, as a standalone and a parallel goal of helping patients have a great financial experience with your organization. That's strong. We actually had a guest. Um, so two points you touched on. Um, having the intelligence inside your data. I don't know if you know Anish Chopra but from your state, but yes. um, Anish, was, Anish was on yesterday and he talked about finally we have, we've access to data, but now we have true information. And so we're actually able to make more intelligence decisions and then even you didn't get down the whole predictive side. So I think it's great. And then also we had uh, another company here, or Stuart Hansen from Change Healthcare talked exactly what you just mentioned about the um, the financial impact, the financial side. So yes. you're spot on. So John, what are you seeing out there? So I think one of the interesting trends this year is this is the first year that, you know, electronic health records really don't seem to be news, which is a good thing. <laughs> they're a standard that, you know, mm-hmm. even as recently as last year or, you know, some of the more local HIMSS conferences, there's a lot about EHR adoption, EHR satisfaction. Now, much less of that this year, we're really getting into the next generation of use, the secondary use of the data, the the analytics, the patient financial experience of, of the future, and really figuring out how to do this economically, which is, I think, why the cloud's becoming so much a part of the discussion. Yep. Uh, and the other trend that's interesting is the the names that I'm hearing this year are names that are household and outside of healthcare. Uh, you know, finally really getting into a healthcare space and a play that seems to make sense. 
What, what's an example of that? It's uh, a great point. Yeah, so there's a lot of discussion about Google and, mm -hmm. and Google Health really getting into, you know, um, true high trust type platforms that allow people to go to the cloud, uh, Microsoft and their booth and what yeah. they're doing with uh, really sharing uh, data, you know, really making the technology that they had in place that they were pointing towards the, the personal health record, towards uh, data sharing and a, a solution was listening to a presentation by the National Health Services out of the UK and mm -hmm. uh, how they were leveraging the Azure platform to monitor seizure patients. Uh, and it's not really this fringe thing that we're talking about anymore. There are you know major platform players in the space, and that's the first time I've seen that. No, that's excellent. So, Lee, what are some of the best practices that you guys are offering, um, either from your experience or within your health system, to uh, to uh, you know have care providers successfully navigate the future of healthcare? Uh -huh. So, John and I actually just published a book about mastering physician engagement. So, oh, I'm going to go, perfect. that's Please. a topic that is near and dear to our hearts. John is a doctor, and we were tasked several years ago with transforming our organization around a major EHR implementation and then the ICD-10 code set. Several challenges that are not the things you think of when uh, you think about what physicians might get excited about in healthcare. So EHRs, ICD-10, not <laughs> what they're waking up in the morning right. going, I want to go work on that. So with that challenge to get them engaged on those, on those initiatives, we really started thinking deeply about what makes physicians want to be involved and engaged. And John tells this great joke about if you think that doctors aren't emotional, you've never made one mad. So <laughs> we figured that we would figure out where is that emotion directed. And of course, it's patient care and making a healthier state, a healthier country. So really figuring out how to create shared outcomes, aligning the initiatives so that they make sense in terms of patient care. So for example, with ICD-10, it required clinical documentation that was timely, accurate, complete. And by getting doctors to buy into the idea that that also helps with care because it helps with care transitions, sharing of information about the patients and clarity and cuts down on some of the queries and billing questions that come after the fact, they really bought into agreeing that having great documentation was important and that yes, there is now with the HRs and with regulations, that they have to use the language that matches up with some of the coding terminology. So we made some really great progress with just figuring out how to say the boring project in terms that would excite physicians. So that's, that's a, I, I think we can't transform healthcare without them. And if we just give up on them and think that they're difficult, that doesn't drive anything forward. Oh, that's excellent. What would you add to that, John? Actually, one of the, the best practices in whether it's analytics or another technology, it's meeting the stakeholder where they are, meeting the clinician where they are, uh, knowing that nurses are in a different place than physicians and that revenue cycle uh, is in a different place than nurses and physicians um, completely, uh, and really bringing them to the table when they should be and involving them. Uh, mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest things that came out of our, our writing the book uh, was this concept of shared outcomes mm -hmm. uh, and really beginning to be proactive about that. I think we got in there in some... Some, some luck, some reactive ways, but we got to shared outcomes with our physicians. Uh, and it's transformative when they're playing a part in it. We had an orthopedic doc that thought ICD-10 was the worst thing ever until he started getting problem lists that said it was a right. distal right femur fracture with this type of rotation. And he goes, 
you know what, it saves me time in clinic because I don't even right. need to go read my whole note because 90% yep. of the information that I need is actually right there. That's right. Uh, and That's a great example. Uh, said, you know, I don't, and this was when we were talking about maybe ICD-10 being delayed or repealed. Yep. Uh, and he went from someone that didn't want to do it to telling us, I don't care what the government does, you need to leave it in the EHR. Great point. So what is the name of your book again? I was going to plug in for it. Oh, thank you. Um, Mastering Physician Engagement, A Practical Guide to Achieving Shared Outcomes. I love it. That's a great title. That's a great uh, narrative for our industry as well. So, John, thank you. Lee, thank you very much for joining the show today. Appreciate your time, guys. Thank Thank you. Excellent. And for everyone listening, thank you for joining us today. And please tune in weekdays at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific. As always, you can track me on Twitter at HIT Advisor and use the hashtag ThisJustIn so you can respond to your comments from the show. In addition, all my content's always posted on my website at JustinBarnes.com. Thanks, everyone. Have a terrific week.